Welcome everyone to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number 94. We're joining you every week to talk IT career progression and bring you the advice we wish we'd been given earlier in our careers. I'm your host, John White, at VJourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Hey, John, I'm doing great. We are both pre-sales technical engineers with backgrounds in IT operations. We hope our career discussions will be vendor neutral, relevant across disciplines, and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Awesome, Nick. Uh, this week is part two of our discussion with Paul Green, the chief development officer, and uh, I still think he's acting as CIO of Angel Medflight. Yes. And this really comes from our love of sequels, ladies and gentlemen. That's why we break the interviews into two parts. <laughs> That's right. Also, our dislike for uh, 90 minute long interviews. Yeah, that too. <laughs> that too. I'll tell you what, man, this is a this is a good one too because we finally got someone on here that explains what a CIO does. I think maybe that's something that not everyone understands. They think they do, but I, I like hearing it from someone's mouth who's done it. Hey, what do you do? How do you get there? It was very interesting to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also liked um, kind of you know, guiding people on the path to that and personal growth if, if that, you know, leadership direction is something that you're interested in or if, if it isn't and you're just interested in growth. It's all about the growth mindset. Well, without further ado, let's get to part two, Paul Green's interview. question there you know it sounds like you've done a fantastic job of communicating purpose how you lead to your employees um, what tips would you have for the individual contributor to communicate better with their manager and how to level up and think like a manager or a leader excuse me I mean we talked about some of the leadership qualities but if I'm starting off as an individual contributor how do I think more like my boss does and how do I raise that as I go up the chain? I would say ask a lot of questions. You know, one of the things that I'm notorious for is one, talking a lot, and two, asking a lot of questions. My first boss when I got into IT was like, you got to stop asking me questions. And I'm like, I need to know the answers. You know, like, I don't know. Like, I'm asking you. And he didn't know the answers. And so, like, you know, when I first started out, unfortunately, like I was on this learning path that like I would buy all these overpriced books at Barnes and Noble. And I, I used to have a collection. I recently threw them all away. I threw away like 700 IT related books, whether they were Microsoft or Cisco or whatever. And I only threw them away because they were so old. Um, I recycled them, but I was on this war path to get as much information as possible. And you know, I used to ask a ton of questions. And I think that if you are as a new employee, ask a lot of questions. If you don't understand something, ask. And don't ask like sarcastically. Ask in the sense that like, hey, we're doing this. 
but why are we doing it? So you can have a better understanding of why we're doing something so you can understand why it applies to your job and or it applies to the goal that you you guys have. And the more questions you ask, the better you are going to be at your job and understanding what you need to do. Because you might ask a question and get an answer. And you're like, oh, well, maybe I need to change what I'm doing right now. And whatever that project is that you're on, you're going to change that trajectory of it because you now have just understood something a little bit differently than before. Um, one of the things I used to do a lot, which I don't know if it was good or bad at the time, um, I found out, you know, my old CFO was like, why did you talk to so-and-so? But I would go to any stakeholder or anybody who was involved and I would ask them, why do you need this? What is it for? How does it, what, what don't you like about what you're doing now? And if you don't like it, why do you think this is going to work? And I would ask all these crazy questions because I didn't want to just give you what you asked for. I wanted to give you the perfect product for the process that you were trying to do. And I learned really quickly that if I was asking people, they not people generally don't know what they want. They have an idea of what they want it to do and they think this is what they want, but the reality is is you can usually give them something better. You know, and we do that a lot at my company now is we get all the stakeholders in a room. We ask them what they want. You know, we we have a completely custom built sales force and we do all the development in-house. And so we ask them what they want and what they want the outcome to be and how they want the process to work. And then we develop a process around that and say, hey, would this work for you? Check this out. And we very rarely deliver what they asked for. Very rarely. Because they don't necessarily know, but you can only learn by asking. You know, the more questions you ask allows you to deliver better products or ask better questions. You know, sometimes I would ask a question, I'd get an answer and then I'd be like, oh, and then I have to ask another question because I needed to understand the answer. And then like sometimes it would lead you down this path where by the time you were finished asking all your questions, you were like, oh, well, I started this out the wrong way because now you understand the whole process because it's all a chain of events. And everything is this big, huge chain of events until you get to that finished product. And, you know, just to ask a ton of questions, you know, and it's tough because I don't think anybody should start off with a goal of being, a, oh, I want to be a supervisor or I want to be a manager or I want to be a CIO. Just start out by working hard, asking a lot of questions and getting outside of your comfort zone. You know, I was speaking to somebody a few years ago and he, you know, was kind of helping him and mentoring him. And his whole goal in life was to be a senior network administrator. And I was like, why? And he's like, because I like that. And turns out he really didn't even know what it meant. And now he is a, a security professional. And it's you know, don't be so worried about what your outcome is going to be. Just work really, really hard, learn a whole bunch of stuff. And as you move up through the ranks and you're, you know, proving yourself that you can be this, you're going to find out what you actually want to do. I don't know very many people who started out right out of college who still do exactly what they wanted. I mean, as Those you grow up, over, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, especially in the tech world now, people jump jobs like every two or three years. I was at the same company for 17 years before I came to Angel Med Flight, and I cried when I left. <laughs> so, like, it's just different. You know, like, my grandpa worked for the same company for, like, 50 years, you know, and 
it's you just don't have that anymore there's no loyalty and you know work you know and i think a lot of people years you know it's a different world number one and number two now a lot of people are motivated purely by money and i don't think that a lot of people were motivated by money you know years prior because you, know, you would have if you worked at the same small company for 40 years you didn't make an exponentially more amount of money every year it's just not possible because they probably didn't make enough money to pay you that and they're not going to give you a crazy raises every year so you work there for the love of the job and you maybe for the people that you worked with or because whatever your job did you loved what it you know it meant to other people you know like if you talk to like somebody who used to work for chevy back in the 50s and 60s they loved it because they were putting cars on the road for the american people and it's like it's a whole different kind of thing you talk to somebody now it's like it's just another 15 dollar an hour job stamping steel it's a very different mindset, you know, and it's a different time, you know, it's, it's very different. Times have changed a lot, right? Like you could, there was a time, you know, in this country where you could make like 20 to $35,000 a year, buy a house, like, and like raise a family and be comfortable and have stability in that job too. Right. And not, not be worried about, you know, year to year, whether it was going to go away. So a lot about the country has changed. But, oh, absolutely. Yeah, a, absolutely. Really you couldn't thing. do anything for $25,000 a year now. Yeah. Couldn't even buy a doghouse. That was the joke my father used to make. <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting because we've nibbled around this a couple of times now, but, you know, you did have the CIO title. And I think I expressed to you before we started recording, you know, I talked to, you know, kids who are kind of like entry level, you know, a couple of different times in the IT industry and, and they've expressed, you know, their, their goal is to become a CIO. And I was like, you know, 10, 15 years into the, in the industry, I, I don't necessarily know what a CIO does. And I certainly don't think you do, but somehow you have the dream to become one, you know, it, it's, it's a real interesting, you know, ladder climbing like aspiration, I think, which is what you were, you know, mentioning, but you know, while we do have you here, maybe we could ask you to kind of, you know, explain to us what that job is um, in a way, you know, the things that you do in that job that people don't necessarily understand. And what keeps you up at night? Just no, make sure and answer that. that. <laughs> not that. Don't, don't answer that. No, I'll answer the, the last question first. What keeps me up at night is telecom. Telecom keeps me up at night. And if you work in telecom, you should hate your job because it is absolutely terrible what I have to go through to get fiber at my business or MPLS or whatever it is. It's a nightmare. And I am tired of everybody getting bought out. All the great companies are now bought up. And it's like there's like three companies to get bandwidth from. And it's terrible. But that's beside the point. Um, you know, I never had aspirations to be a CIO. I never thought about it that way. I just thought about doing bigger and better things every year that I was doing something, you know, and I started out in an industry where I just wanted to do cool things. You know, it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to do it because it was cool. I wanted to do it because I knew it was going to push what I was doing forward. You know, like I started out in hospitality 
And the, one of the first things I did was we built websites and we built websites and we had a website live and booking hotel rooms before anybody else did it. And we were the first ones. And then that parlayed into, you know, I wanted to put internet in hotel rooms. So we put internet in hotel rooms. I won't get into how we did it, but it was very crude. And I can say that we were also the first ones to do that. And it all started because of my apartment complex, but that's beside the point. And then we did wireless internet and we did wireless internet before anybody else. And then we had IP telephony. You know, we had all these things that we were doing and we were a very forward thinking, very technology based company, built multiple property management systems, um, custom designed fully from the ground up, partnering with other companies. And, you know, I wasn't necessarily looking to be a CIO during that process. I was just looking to build the best products or the best IT solutions for my business. And what was going to be the next thing that was going to make my business better. And I never did it because I wanted anybody to say good job or, you know, oh, and, you know, I have an employee now and she always is like, you don't ever take compliments. And I'm like, I don't take compliments well because I don't do things for compliments, one. And also, like, I'm just not that guy. I just don't care. Like, people are like, oh, my God, that was so amazing. I'm like, it was okay. Like, I've never done it for that. I just do it because I, I enjoy doing it. Like, I think that, like, I love proving people wrong, though. I will say that. Like, I was told that we could not build our Medlog 2 product. I was told that it was too complicated. I was told that, well, why would you want to go down that direction? You should do it this way. And I was like, okay. And so we did it, you know, the right way, the way we wanted to do it. And I love the fact that, like, I get to prove people wrong, you know, and not to prove them wrong so they're upset about it or anything like that, but because, like, hey, one, don't tell me no. Anything is possible. I mean, you have a cell phone right now that's in your hand that's more powerful than the first space shuttle that we sent into space. It's more powerful than what we did to land on the moon. I mean, come on, anything is possible. If you could go from landing on the moon to having a freaking supercomputer essentially in your hand, you know, when you compare it, anything is possible. And so, you know, it's just doing things and doing things and doing things. And one thing, you know, eventually kind of led to another as I was, you know, moving up through the ranks and then CIO and then, you know, still doing these things. And, you know, a lot of it is you don't really know what a CIO is until you get there. But if you're always trying to come up with ideas to make your business better, you're getting closer to that every single day. Because a CIO 15 years ago is completely different than a CIO today. A CIO today is 50% operations and 50% IT, I think. Because now IT, especially with what's going on right now with the pandemic, is more in the forefront of a CEO's mindset than it was ever before. Because business gets done because of IT. It's not an afterthought, and it's not something that just happens in the background. Quality IT drives businesses forward. It's always been like that, but it's never been thought of like that. And everything that I've done throughout my entire career has been about pushing the business forward. And a lot of CIOs or CEOs, I'm sorry, took that for granted. You know, I had a CIO at my last company and every single time you asked for money, it was like, why do you need that? Oh, it's not important. 
we're going to buy this or we're going to buy that. And it's like, do you understand that like the better property management system you put in your facility, the less time it's going to take for your employees to do their job, which means they're going to be able to do twice as much work in half the time. And you should always be thinking about how to make a better process, how to build a better process. And to me, uh, I always make comments that my customer is my team member. My fellow employee is my customer. And if I'm treating my customer who is my fellow employee right, and I'm giving them the products they need to do their job better, to do their job faster, to do their job easier, the end result is that they're going to treat my customer a thousand times better. I'm never going to have to worry about how my customer is being treated because I'm treating my team members the right way. And in turn, they're going to automatically treat my customers the right way. And every day is going to be better. And you're going to be growing as a team better. And you're going to exponentially grow because your employees have better tools to do their job every single day. So, you know, just keep pushing forward. Keep asking the right questions to build better processes. And IT builds better processes. If you were to look at... You know, even five years ago, even today in a lot of organizations, especially like in healthcare, they use a lot of paper. There's a lot of medical charting on paper. But IT took what was this unbelievably daunting task of storage and cost and, you know, compliance and everything like that with boxes and boxes of paper and took that to possibly the palm of your hand, like in our case with Medlog and all of our medical records now are digital. The process of getting them out to another to a provider is easier because you can email it. You know, technically you shouldn't because it's you know, HIPAA compliant, but you can get it to them digitally. You can get it to them securely. You know, you no longer have to get a printer. You don't have to print out a thousand pieces of paper. You don't have to put it in an envelope. You don't have to mail it to somebody. All of that saves time and money. And the more people start thinking about how can I make my business better through IT the more they're going to rise up in the ranks and the more they are going to start thinking more like a CIO because you have to be somebody who is just as worried about the operations of your company as the budget in IT and what products IT is delivering, you know, and never think about a product just because it has a cool tagline. You know, don't think about, I've got to have cloud computing or I've got to have SD-WAN, you know, whatever it is, because, that may not be the best product for your business, you know, and it's not just about buying the new fancy shiny thing because everybody else has it, you know, and I think all too often a lot of, you know, directors of IT and CIOs don't want to be the only person in the room who's like, oh, I don't have SD-WAN. They want to be part of the in-crowd. So like, yeah, of course I got SD-WAN. They have no idea why they bought it, but they did because it was a cool tagline at the time. And so now they own it. Well, Maybe it wasn't the right fit for your business, you know? And so like, that's really tough is buy the products that fit your business the best and what your guys' direction is and what your ultimate goal is. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be SD-WAN. Maybe it's going to be, you know, Salesforce, whatever it is, but make those decisions as you're building your company's end goal. You know, don't just go out and buy stuff just because it has that really cool tagline right now and some CIO magazine or, you know, whatever you read on Forbes or something is like, you know, look at the top 10 cloud providers. And you're like, oh my God, I have to have that because they're doing this, you know, and yeah, it's cool. It's great marketing, but does it really mean something to your business moving forward? It's interesting. So you mentioned 
alignment with business um, and then increasing the quality of projects that you're working on and the area of effect within the organization and maybe even beyond the organization. And with those kinds of three things, you can't help but get better at what it is that you're doing and moving maybe even up and higher within the organization, um, regardless of whether you're managing people or you end up with a C-level title. Exactly. Exactly. And you're going to, as you're rising through the ranks, if you start out thinking you want to be a CIO, you might be disappointed when you don't end up being a CIO. So organically move up through an organization because at the end of the day, you might be like, wow, I'm way better at this. You know, there's people that start out in all kinds of walks of life. And, you know, you could be a journalism major and end up the CEO of a company. There's no right path for anybody. I only bring that up because later when somebody listens to this, he'll know exactly who I'm talking about. But anything is possible. It doesn't matter how you start. It's how you finish. I was going to say, I imagine that as you're working on these projects and providing more value to the business, you kind of get to do some internal marketing within the organization for yourself. People in other business units that I would guess you'd have to work pretty tightly with if you're working on applications that touch their stuff, they're going to know who you are and know what your brand is, what you're about. And if you then want to slide over into that department, maybe you've built a bridge to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Prime example. We just, we had a team member in our RCM, which is revenue cycle, uh, current college student going to graduate this year in May. And, you know, we understood his work ethic. We could see how he operates. We could see his thought processes. You know, you, he, you have to work with it all the time, you know, on various different things, you know, whether or not he's asking for help or whatever it is. And so he was recently asked if he would like to move into it. And if he would like to take a help desk role within it and use his communication skills and what he's, you know, his degree is, to really start taking a different step in his, you know, whatever his path in life was going to be, but let's move out of this and let's move into IT and let's learn some new things. And so anything is possible. I mean, we're t- we took somebody who works in revenue cycle and we have moved him into IT and he is now a help desk associate in IT and he's learning a lot of different stuff and he's touching a lot of different things. One thing that's unique about our organization is that we're small. And so he's not just going to be stuck with databases or he's not just going to be stuck with workstations. You know, he is going to touch everything. And so he's going to get such a good understanding of telecom and, you know, our phone system and our servers and all these different things that maybe he's going to start excelling at one thing or he's going to understand one thing better. And so now he could take a slightly different path. And I think that's much tougher and you know, the larger organizations because you're kind of siloed. I hate siloing people. And the only reason why I hate siloing people is because then you never know what they're capable of. And it's tough though, when you work in a really, really big organization, because, you know, you kind of, there's no way around it. You know, if you're, if you work at like, you know, we'll use Google as an example. If you work at Google and you work in this department, you're not really going to have a lot of, you know, there's 20,000 of you in that department. Like what are the chances of you being outside of that department? I think that's much harder ask 
But if you're within a smaller organization, it's much easier to interact with a lot of different departments and, you know, have those departments take notice of your skill set and what you bring to the table and the way you communicate. I think communication is probably the most important thing. You know, it, it changes everything. How you talk to people changes everything. Your enthusiasm for your job, whether you're the guy who's sweeping the floors or you're the guy who is developing a next generation application for a cell phone. Your enthusiasm is going to be infectious throughout the organization and you should be delivering that enthusiasm every single day and people will take notice and things will start changing for you. I mean, it's a proven fact. Everybody who I've seen rise up through the ranks has that exact same mentality. You know, the worst thing you can do, and I hate to see this with people is they're in the same job for years and years and years. And you can see that like, maybe they're not that happy and Hey, if you're not going to show that you have an enthusiasm level to do something else, then you're always going to be that person. You know, we have a, you know, recently there was a, a person who really wanted to be a supervisor. They're no longer with the organization and, you know, they didn't get the position. And it's like, you didn't get the position because you never showed that you were capable of it. You have to show your superior that you're capable of the position that you're going to be applying for. You can't just be like out of the blue one day, like, oh, I want to be the supervisor, apply for it, and then expect to get that position. You have to have been selling yourself since day one and doing the right things and communicating the right way. So when the time comes that you want to apply for that next step in your career, that those people that are above you, those superiors that are going to give you the opportunity to move on, have taken notice of that and have seen how you operated every single day and seen how you were with your other team members. You know, I love it when an employee takes the initiative to help out other team members and to be super proactive and to help guide and, you know, pump up their fellow team member to be like, you got this, let's go, you know, come on, you know, we're just this close to our goal or whatever that is. And you're going to notice that. And when the time comes and there's promotions available or whatever it is, you now automatically put yourself in a front row seat to be potentially that person who gets that promotion. You know, it's a lot easier to sell yourself over time than it is to go into an interview room and then hope that you've got what it takes. I heard you say the words you're going to notice. So like you as the leader are going to notice. Absolutely. Now, how do I make sure that my leadership notices what I'm doing? without maybe over communicating it does that make sense like i want people to know i'm doing a good job but i don't want to be like hey look what i did look what i did look what i did um i don't necessarily think you have to a good leader is going to notice because it's obvious but if it's a bad leader you know it's gonna be really tough um one of the things that you know is and I think actually Basque has talked about this. I talk about this a lot. People don't work for organizations. People work for leaders. And if you are working for a good leader, you're going to have a good outcome. If you're working for a bad leader, then you maybe need to start looking for another position. Work for people. Work for people that have the same mindset you do. Work for people that you want to work for. 
don't work for somebody that you hate or that's not noticing what you're doing. You know, maybe they're a really good leader and they're not noticing you. Maybe you should have a conversation and, you know, say, hey, I just wanted to let you know that, like, I'm trying all these things. I just want to make sure that, like, you know, I'm doing the right thing and that, you know, if you need me to do something else, you know, let me know. I'm happy to step up and be very humble about it. Don't be like, hey, you're not noticing how good I am at my job. You know, like do something to have a conversation. I think that conversations are extremely important. I think that questions are extremely important. And, you know, put yourself in that position to very humbly make them notice. But, you know, work for a leader, you know, find a person that you want to work for and that has the same mentality as you and somebody that you can get behind. And if you can get behind their why, then they're going to help you along your path and your career. If you can't get behind your leader's why, then they're not going to help you in your career. Unless you're super comfortable just doing what you're doing, then fine, keep doing it. But if you've got aspirations to be bigger and better than whatever it is that you're doing right now, find a leader that you want to work for and find a leader who has a why that aligns with your why. And you guys can do whatever you know you want. I mean, that person's going to take you along with them. They, you know, and don't take that as like, oh, if they get a higher promotion, they're going to promote you to come with them. No, they're going to take you on a path that allows you to grow within your career, whether it's with them or outside of them, but you're going to grow with them. And growing with them means that you can move on to other greener pastures, whatever that is, or during that you know, following, you might realize, wow, I really want to go do this. And it might be a completely different path than you're taking now, but at least you'll be exposed to that. And as you're growing with your leader, you'll be able to go on to those new greener pastures, or maybe it's even a completely different job than you thought you were going to find. I really appreciated, you know, what you've been saying all along. I feel like we've heard a lot about leadership. We've heard a lot about uh, inspiring a growth culture when you are a leader, you know, whether or not you have like a, a managerial or C-level title and, and, and a lot about, um, you know, just, you know, personal growth as well. And I, I, I really appreciate everything that you've talked about. Um, before we get out of here, is there, do you have any closing thoughts, any, any things that, uh, you feel like you wanted to say that you didn't get a chance to? Man, we could talk all night. <laughs> I feel like um, we could. Oh, no, we could. I, you, you ask the questions. I'll give you the answers. I'm an open book. Um, you know, I would say if you want to be a CIO or if you're in IT, think about a lot of different things because, one, understand what is out there from a product perspective. Read and research. You know, one of the things I spend a ton of time doing is just reading and researching all these different products, whether they relate to my business or not, I still want to learn about them because you may never know what product is the best product for you if you don't know it's out there. You know, and we've chosen products, like for instance, right now, we use all Mac minis as workstations at our office because the hardware is so much better than a lot of the PC hardware we can get, the form factor matches. There's all these little benefits to us that work really, really well. And a lot of that is because of research and understanding and seeing what products are out there and how we can apply that to our organization. You know, and I read a lot. I have a lot of different books, a lot of different books that, you know, 
kind of wide spectrum of different, I don't know, categories, I guess you could call it. Um, you know, I just finished reading the Andre Ugadala, the sixth man book. Um, you guys should know him. He played for the Warriors. He's a U of A graduate. Uh, great book. Um, I just started Phil Knight, the shoe dog. Uh, I also have um, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. You know, you're never done learning. I, I think one of the things that, you know, I and I just finished talking to my fake kid, uh, my neighbor's daughter. She just graduated ASU this year. And we just had a whole conversation. But she's like, I'm done. I'm done with school. And I'm like, you're never done learning. You know, and I started putting her on the path of these are the books that you need to read because she's like, I don't know what I want to do. And I don't know this and I don't know that. And, you know, like I'm trying to get her in a different thought process because something I wish I would have had when I was her age and a thought process that is totally different. Like I was the same way. I was like, I'm done. Like, let's, let's party, you know? And had I known what I knew now, I would totally have changed my learning. Uh, you know, I, I'm always learning something. I'm always reading about something. You know, I don't like to be told how to do something. I like to learn how to do something. And when you learn how to do something and you make mistakes while you're doing it, you actually learn a lot more than me just telling you how to do it. And I like to have employees learn how to do something. I don't ever want to tell them how to do it. I like to give them a little bit of guidance and then let them go unless it's marketing related and we're building like a box of Chotskis or something that we're going to send out. I am super OCD about sticker placement and things of that nature. But outside of that, when it comes to IT, totally different. Um, but never stop learning. Never stop looking for different things. Like, you know, I'm a member of um, Forbes magazine stuff that I get sent to me, Harvard Business Review. And not all the articles are related to IT. In fact, I would say less than 10% are related to IT. But what they are related to is business. And understanding how businesses work and understanding what is out there. And if you're in IT, you're in business. And if you think you're not, you're crazy because IT drives business processes and business processes are what change companies. And the more you're thinking outside of the box to help your organization with their processes using IT, the better you're going to be. And there's a ton of information out there. And regardless of whether you think it applies or not, trust me. It applies in the long run. Like you can never, there's no amount of information that you will consume that's enough. And once you start going down that path, it's, I don't know how to explain it, but like for me, it's kind of like a black hole. And even sometimes at night, like the other night, I started reading an article, which led to another article, which led to a YouTube video. And it was like three o'clock in the morning. And I was like, oh my God, I got to go to bed. You know, and so like, all these different things, you know, start leading you down these crazy paths, but like all of them are going to apply to your job in some way. You just don't know it yet, especially if you want to be a really good leader. And a lot of it will help you out with some of your team members because everybody learns a different way. Everybody has different things that they're into. And being able to talk to a bunch of people on their level and being able to, you know, being part of conversations that are subjects that you're not necessarily your subjects that you like, 
but you can still have a conversation with somebody builds a better bond within your team. And being a really good communicator will allow your team to be better overall. So you know, talk to people, ask questions, be present. You know, I think too many people aren't present. And when you're not present, you're, you know, you might as well just not be there, you know, be present, be in the, you know, be in the conversation. And if you can't be in the conversation, figure out how to get yourself in the conversation because those conversations are what are going to change the trajectory of your career. Awesome. All right. What's the next question? Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want to know, you know, can people reach out to you on social media if they have follow-up questions to this episode? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, I'm on Twitter, newly on Twitter. I'm not a real big social media person, but I am on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn very easily. Paul Green at Angel Med Flight. I don't know what my actual like handle on LinkedIn is, but we'll yeah, find feel it free to reach out. Notes. Yeah. And I can email you guys like my Twitter and my um, LinkedIn and like Your Instagram. Instagram home address. Yeah. All TikTok. That stuff. Yeah. Cell number. Awesome. Cool. Well, Paul Green, thanks very much for joining us on Nerd Journey. Oh, no, thank you guys. Have a great afternoon or evening, and hopefully the fires aren't too bad tomorrow, and you guys have some good quality air to go outside. <laughs> yeah, thanks again. Nick, I, I really enjoyed uh, listening to that episode again um, in the process of editing. I, one of the things that occurred to me, it's you know not related to any specific topic, but Paul is one of those people who has read a book on almost every topic that he talks about. I don't know if you noticed that, but it was across a wide spectrum of topics. It's like you and he are connected on some kind of level, John. He has a book for every occasion. But well, it's the, good. the three of us, right? The three of us. That's true. We do give out a lot of book recommendations. But yeah, he talks about never stop learning. Books are still a great way to learn, whether it's, you know, paper in your hand that will never be replaceable or, you know, the digital version or the audible version. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. I, I also liked um, just that discussion of the progression to CIO to kind of close out. Um, that part I thought was really interesting. Um, he didn't, um, you know, close off any of the, the kind of growth avenues in any of his discussions overall. Um, you know, that path for the individual contributor, you know, it was, you know, keep all those doors open. Um, you know, open up the possibilities, you know, and keep, you know, as many doors open and open as many doors as possible. I thought that was, you know, just kind of really refreshing to hear. It it wasn't, I don't think that he said that explicitly, but it was just like a kind of a a theme that he kept on like circling back to. Yeah. And he really had more of a solutioning type mindset. Don't necessarily have to give people what they want because they may ask for something and you have to help them figure out what they actually need. Kind of the sales engineer mindset almost, right? Definitely. I don't know if being a sales engineer 
automatically means that you'd make a good CIO, but, um, you know, it's definitely, you know, one of those crossover skills that I noticed. Sure. And a lot of people in technology have this skill set already, the solutioning mindset. I will tell you, he did echo some advice that has already been given by the John White School of Mentoring curriculum, episode 19 on process over outcomes. So Paul says, don't focus on the outcome and that you're going to figure out what you want to do as you go through the process. Putting too much pressure on yourself to achieve a specific outcome while not focusing on doing a good job where you are now, it's not going to help you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, definitely you know heard that and i think we might have even uh, both like looked at each other when he said it during the during the interview you know just uh, perked up both of our ears um anything else before we get out of here i don't think so just a reminder we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on apple podcasts or wherever you may be listening we want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder we're collectively on twitter at nerd journey Yes. Awesome. Yes, yes we listeners. are. <laughs> okay, farewell listeners. Tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White, at Journeyman for Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore, signing off. Adios. Hey, Nick, how's it going? John, I am just dandy this evening. <laughs> John, I am just dandy. We are both pre-sales tech... <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to start over and not say that. All right. <clears throat>